right, you've asked, so I'm going to answer. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this little situation. It might be called an FBI raid with former President Donald Trump. I've had questions asking about the mishandling of classified information. How much of it does it matter? People complaining, people endorsing, people want him to burn at the stake. But I'm going to help you understand what the charges are for, what's really going on, at least how that stuff should be handled, who's right, who's wrong, and what really doesn't matter. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Well, I am coming to you from the greater Salt Lake City area, actually. I think I'm technically closer to Ogden. Time of this recording, I'm at Hill Air Force Base. You can look that up if you want to before I head down to the south, to Arizona, and then at some point I end up in Montana and Idaho, and it looks like I'll be heading back east, possibly to do some training. We don't know. So let's start with the, the big question, the timing. Is this political? The entire history of the FBI was around political use, especially when Hoover was in there for like 140 years or he wasn't in there that long, but he was there a long time often was used as a political weapon. It's not unreasonable to think that that kind of thing's going to happen now. It's just understanding that there's reasons why it might not be the case. So regardless of your position, one thing to remember is this type of thing is taken seriously, not always by everybody, but it is taken seriously in general. And there are questions people want to know about the timing. The thing is, it wouldn't be unreasonable that based on the amount of time he hasn't been in office, having a whistleblower, somebody come forward that has made statements that led to a warrant could take this amount of time based on when they came forward. Looking at that, it may have nothing to do with the timing. I know people want to believe that. And I understand the FBI has done some really dumb things. That internal memo that got released recently, just going after organizations that make no sense. So yeah, they look really dumb. But the individual people, a lot of them aren't dumb. But that's not really what we're talking about. We really want to focus on understanding the types of information he had and if it really matters. Now, one of the big things a lot of people are talking about trying to explain why he's in so much trouble is a law that does state that you can't remove classified information and take it to a place you're not supposed to, which is called an unauthorized location. Hey, those are all valid arguments. The only problem is with the laws that were mentioned and the potential charges coming and the reason and justification for the warrant, that wasn't mentioned. Now, there's some interesting things about that. One, might not have had enough evidence or reason to go after that. Two, that charge could come later. Or three, there's always a possibility that because he was a sitting president, that at times somewhere he was authorized to take materials to that type of location because he was the president. And that might predate this situation, meaning some of that stuff could have very well already been there. Then he leaves office and doesn't bring it back. So there's a lot of possibilities there. But right now, that one... It's kind of out in the wind to see what happens with it. The other thing is about them being classified. I think that makes things serious, but it actually doesn't matter either. The three different codes, which were 793, 2071, and 1591, or I'm sorry, 1519, have to do with mishandling of federal government records. has nothing to do with the fact that they're classified. It's actually a better, broader spectrum law for people that mishandle information that may not be classified. What that also does is get rid of his argument about, well, they were declassified. It actually wouldn't matter if they were declassified based on these laws and depending on what that information is. And of course, the things that get out of the media, like when they talk about nuclear stuff, makes it sound so much worse. What makes it worse is the classifications that they have and where the documents are from, but more importantly, that it was mishandled. But just for fun, let's look at the declassification classification argument. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, even people in the military has dealt with situations. Some people are 
totally understanding the situation. Some people laugh it off because things have happened to them, and I totally get that. I was just going to tell you what how that kind of works. The reason they said that they were marked as classified documents because they have markings on them. They're at the top of the pages, every page on the document, in folders. And these, probably because these president could very easily have other classification markings people don't know of, besides things like secret and top secret. You could have things like ECI and other acronyms that aren't yet out there from places like NSA or other agencies. Now, the declassification process, aside from who that goes through in the system in place and whether or not somebody can order it, let's say this document. We'll just pick one document so I can give you an idea how this works. We have one document. The document has, we'll just call it items 1 through 10. That's not how they're written, but we'll say there's 10 lines of information. In front of each one of those lines, and this isn't on every type of classification. We're just going to use a basic one, a basic classified secret document. Let's say nine of those paragraphs, all of them, so all of the, sorry, all the statements, all those sentences, and the beginning of them in parentheses is going to have a single letter that's going to dictate classification. So let's say nine of them have the letter U. That means unclassified. So they've been specifically marked as unclassified, not declassified, unclassified. They have yet to be classified at a higher level. They have yet to be classified, period. And that's probably because the author of that document doesn't necessarily know. That's just one ex low, low-level example. Not what we're dealing with here, but just to help you understand the 10th one, in parentheses, has a letter S for secret. What that does is take that entire piece of paper at top and it makes it secret. So that entire document is now classified secret, even though 90% of it, based on this description, is unclassified. That's the basic idea how this works. Now let's say you want to declassify. Well, we have several options here. One option is they remove item number 10 that's secret, and then that document becomes unclassified. They don't want to change anything from the letter U. And if that was to happen and it was unclassified, there's processes involved with that, but you would get a new piece of paper, and it would be unclassified. Another option is they could downgrade the classification of Hydra 10 from secret to unclassified, and in the same situation, when that happens, the markings on the papers are going to change. The point is to say this, it actually doesn't matter what process they went through if it was declassified for two reasons. One, right now, the laws they use to get those warrants, which will be what they're going to go after in the crime, although they could add things later, Right now, those classifications don't matter, and it's better for the legal process to prosecute this under those laws. The other thing is not knowing initially probably if the documents had classification markings on them or not, or not enough evidence to pursue getting a warrant under those specific codes. The other options, even if they find out they were declassified, something was done incorrectly because the documents themselves are not declassified. That information may now be declassified. The documents that he had, according to descriptions, statements the FBI, because they had those classifications on there, they weren't regenerated to show that they had been, you know, basically marked down on sale. Now, there's things that can happen that would make that okay, but generally it's not how the process is going to work. And things like that tend to be very controlled, uh, which is funny to say because he had them, but are, are followed, those rules are, tend to be followed in places like the White House very closely. Now, do I think he did wrong? Yeah. I don't think it's going to matter. Generally, in my, my position on the law in this, I look at it like speeding in a state or speeding where you didn't know the speed limit because it wasn't marked, but the state law says in this situation it's you know 50. You got pulled over doing 65, got a ticket. You didn't know. You're just traveling through the state to go visit grandma. But ignorance of the law doesn't make it okay to break the law. I take that position on it. 
there's, of course, arguments. Most common arguments are Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails, and there's been several of people being brought up. I understand that argument, but it's irrelevant. Here's why. Sure, it's very similar. Sure, they didn't get in trouble. But I compare it to children. Your kid burglarizes a place, we'll say, breaks a window, goes in and shoplifts and leaves and get caught. You know, your kid's 10. Gets caught, goes before a judge, goes to the police, whoever. Is your argument really going to be that, well, this kid over here in the town, Billy, did this last year. And, you know, the way it worked out, he didn't get in trouble. So we don't even, we shouldn't even be going down this rabbit hole. I mean, obviously, if Billy didn't get in trouble, then my kid Jamie can't get in trouble. That's a dumb argument and not how the law works. The other thing is that time has passed. People would still be brought up in charges and people didn't do their jobs or they didn't do their jobs effectively or people were never brought up in charges and those things were bad and never dealt with. And yeah, it was all political. We all know that and I get it, but that doesn't make it okay for somebody else to break laws or potentially damage national security. So that is to simply say, it's just like any other charge on a person, whether or not somebody did something correctly in the investigation it is treated as its own isolated situation. Of course, lawyers will probably bring this up if it, if it was to go to court. I do believe he'll probably be indicted. That's possible that it could take too long. He could be indicted. Let's say he announces his candidacy, and let's say he even wins the primaries and becomes a Republican candidate. The charges could come after that, and that very well could affect the election. Should he be indicted or even brought before Congress, however, a situation they want to handle it? Absolutely, because they did it with everybody else. Let's say he loses this. People are throwing out words like treason, not understanding it, and all these other things. Well, you know, you can go to find this long. You can be killed for it, executed, whatever. Highly unlikely. I mean, the people that have committed treason have gotten away with it. There's a female just released from prison after a slap on the wrist five to seven years, something like that, saying she didn't commit treason when she damn well knows she did. People that were exonerated by former presidents. That is not taken seriously anymore. And those were little people. Then we had other federal officials that walked away with it. So he probably will too. Some people say, well, you know, he's a threat to the establishment. He's all this, he's all that. He's a bag of donuts, whatever. And they want to make sure he doesn't win. And they don't, that's probably all true. Not saying it isn't. But I also believe it doesn't change the fact the FBI would have done all of this anyway had they been given that information regardless of the situation and regardless of the timing. Now, I've heard stories from some people that have talked about classified information. I'll, I'll tell you my own story, just from the Army. Down in Fort Chica, Arizona, the U.S. Army Intelligence Center, I oversaw counterintelligence special agents course the, for counterintelligence, human intelligence collectors course. That's for, you know, your interrogators, your minor league so-called spies, but we don't like them to use that word because that's not really what they are. And the interpreter translator course. In these courses, there's training material, pieces of paper with material on them, classes, briefings, all kinds of stuff, stuff they put together, and they all have classification markings of different types. Now, at the time of the events I'm going to tell you, it's actually kind of funny how this worked. All under the auspices of the same command, the same chief, the same NCYC, which was me, but those schools handle their information rules internally and somewhat differently. So... Human intelligence course, people like what I did. In that course, you weren't even required to have a secret clearance for the longest time. And then when they finally required it, it took forever. People still come out of there without the clearance. But even when they didn't require it, 
all training material was classified at the secret level because everything they would write that was reports that would get sent up from talking to somebody would be a, at least a secret document, if not a, a release document to certain countries. And they were trying to teach them to understand that operational security, maintaining classified information, and how to treat it properly so that, you know, you don't screw up when this stuff's real. But there's things they would allow them to do. There were certain ones that had classification markings that were secret. They'd allow them to take them to the room to do homework at night. Part of the reason they did that is they needed it for homework. And also it was training material. And this training material was 100% made up. Nothing about it was realistic. Now, sometime later, for the time frame of the event this story really goes to, is we had rebuilt that course to use information based on real names of people that had probably been caught or we were looking for, real locations, although they didn't necessarily match up accurately to the to actual information that's out there. So we might take a, a name of a terrorist in a group that specifically works on the Pakistani border, but we'd place them in a location for the western part. Eventually they kind of straightened it out, but it was very accurate. It wasn't up-to-the-date information because you build this scenario at the time it was built. It was used for several years. So we're using real information, some of which is no longer valid, and some of which is, had secret markings on it. All the time, kids that we caught having that stuff in their backpack or having it in their rooms after they established rules. And I don't think anybody really got busted for it. They, and they got chewed out, of course. They got the fear of life put into them. I think some people recycled phases for it. But there's no, like, prosecution, real punishment, because it was training material, even though everything was actually real. Next door, you have the counterintelligence course, a course for officers and NCOs where they learn counterintelligence stuff. At that time, everything in there was 100% fake and made up, every bit of it. The only information that was real was some of the activities they would do in town. So they would use, you know, the actual street names, the actual store names, because those were relevant, but not something that would be classified. But everything else, totally fake and made up. So there's a place called the Military Intelligence Library. And a worker there went over, because this is an unclassified public area, you can go in there and do whatever, and they had copy machines. Goes into a copy machine, picks it up, finds a piece of paper, recognizes it, sees the classification markings, consciously is aware it's from the counterintelligence course, consciously aware that it's training material, consciously aware that it's 100% fake, but there's a process to handle that. And that person handled it correctly. And then that went through the chain of command. It didn't go, like, to the news. Nobody found out about it. It was all local. But because it was a counterintelligence course and how seriously they took that training, they took that person who happened to be a captain, which is funny because officers tend to get away with stuff, her career was over. She went to see the colonel. She was relieved from the course. She got a phone call back to several people in her chain of command. She was sent back to her unit. She lost that, whatever they call it, for their MOS training. She lost her assignment. She lost some other stuff she was supposed to get. She went back there. She got hammered. They never did get her, I think. I don't think she ever got into another school, and I think she ended up leaving the military or going like into the Guard or Reserve. Not the only time that's happened. Happened to some NCOs, too. So it's to say that people treat it differently. Honestly, for an officer, I think that, I think they might have went a little far, but definitely, definitely should have kicked her out of the course, any of them. The other kids, they're younger. They haven't been exposed to it. Doesn't make it okay. They definitely should take that more seriously. But the point is to say, you talk to anybody who's had a clearance or seen or heard any of this stuff, they're going to all have different stories. Some of them where they almost get in trouble over the dumbest shit ever. And ones where people probably should be getting lit on fire and sent to hell, and they don't. A lot of that has to do with the culture and the environment. Most of it comes down to the people that are there at the time and how they're choosing to handle that situation. And when you're in it, you don't always see that. 
So the point of that is, as it stands right now, classification markings actually don't matter. His argument is dumb. Classification markings may very well come into this situation. There are several laws that appear to have been broken. There's also documented history of the fact that he was asked several times to return that information, either didn't return the phone calls, but definitely didn't return that information, however went across. So there, it's not like this came up out of the blue. This has been known for a while. Requests have been made for months, and nothing has happened. So they went there to get it in what he called a raid, where they all showed up, parked, walked out, walked in, took it. So it definitely didn't happen out of the blue. Right now, a treason charge is ridiculous. That's not going to happen. More than likely, there'll probably be an indictment at some level. Depends on how they choose to handle this. The thing is, for the political side, for the political game, the more they want to politicize it and make it a bigger thing, is the less likely they'd allow it to go to indictment, more likely to try to get him in front of Congress. The funny thing is, he could just plead the fifth. He's also filed some sort of countersuit for what has gone on or what will be going on. That will delay the proceedings and the inevitability. People are asking now, well, what happens if he runs and he wins and then this happens and he gets in trouble? We don't know. Yes, it should be taken seriously. Yeah, a lot of people got away with it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't do their jobs doing anything about that, but that's also irrelevant. The fact that somebody else broke the rules or committed a crime and didn't get punished for it or got away with it doesn't make it okay for the next guy. Yeah, maybe if it came out in some court paper a certain way, you want to use it as precedent and argument, you can. But breaking the rules doesn't make it okay for the other guy. It's the same thing as like, well, Billy jumps off a bridge. Are you going to jump off a bridge? Come on. You know, yeah. Sure, it's political. Sure, it's politicized. That doesn't make it okay. Anyway, at the end of the day, we all have our opinions. You can all feel however you want to feel about it. You can bitch about timing. You can bitch about Hillary or somebody else getting away with it. Totally get it. But that doesn't make it okay. And it needs to be handled properly. Have other people done this? Absolutely. I can guarantee you right now there's probably former presidents and or former directors of certain places that have classified information in their house, especially people that still get briefings. Classified information is going to come into their house, even if it's verbal, for former presidents to still get briefings. That's part of the package deal. So there's something specific about this, about information he has. And more importantly, he got to show who he really was, who he's always acted like, at least in the public eye, because this didn't come out of the blue, remember? He was asked repeatedly. Several attempts were made. They did nothing. So, yeah. And, and I got to tell you, look. I've had all kinds of clearances at more than one place, not just the DOD. And I can tell you right now, the mishandling of classified information, if I took it home and then let's say they knew, and then let's say they wanted me to bring it back. And then I didn't knock on the door from the FBI would be the least of my concerns. So if you think this is some big out of control deal, it's just getting started.